Yeah, it's like they took Chekhov's gun and they just kept finding more guns and then just like throwing them in the garbage can. (laughs) That's how you start it. Talkie Talk, the podcast for TheMediaByUs.com. This is the 12th episode, and we are joined today by Chris, hey. TJ, hello, and Brent. Hi. My name is David. We are going to start off with going over last week's homework, which was filth. Filth. <laughs> Assigned by Chris. It's also called filth. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by John S. Baird. <laughs> Probably. I don't think he's directed anything else, really. Yeah, well... <laughs> I feel like that could be related. I looked it up on IMDb. He's apparently directing a Laurel and Hardy biopic with uh, Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Is it also going to be unnecessarily violent? Because that'll be weirder in a Laurel and Hardy movie. All right. How about uh, quick takes? Does it, did anybody enjoy this? <laughs> I think it's a hard movie to enjoy. It's a movie that assaults your eyeballs for, you know, two hours. I mean, I think that there are parts of it that are funny, but it's, yeah, I can't say that I liked it. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. And I think it is hard to enjoy, but I don't think it's a movie like, it's not a Lars von Trier movie that he's like trying to fuck with your emotions and you're not yeah. supposed to enjoy it. Right. Like you were supposed to enjoy that movie, I think. <laughs> That was the goal. You're supposed of the to be entertained because that, yeah, that yeah. movie it doesn't have anything really interesting to say. So it's it's clearly about entertainment. Right. And I was I was not. Which is which is weird because it starts out talking about like the Scottish people are proud. We have like these things about us, and it has then it's, nothing to do with anything. I didn't, yeah. didn't know what it was doing. I don't think. Yeah, you, I didn't really think? think it had anything to do with Scotland other than that's how people talk in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty unlikable and uh, not that redeeming. It's like, what if we did train spotting again, but worse, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> We've all three said the same thing. I, well, as soon as I watched it, I was. Well, it's like somebody tried to remake train spotting, but they forgot to add all the redeeming qualities of all the characters. <laughs> it's just all the really crappy parts of train spotting. I will say, you know, if you take it just as a character study of the, the Bruce character, yeah. James McAvoy is, has, like, such a dominant performance in that movie. Even though it's unlikable and he does, obviously, horrible <laughs> shit and stuff, Yeah, I think the only redeeming parts of it are, is his performance when he's, like, full tilt crazy. You know, the movie tries to have it both ways where the widow on the street scenes mm-hmm. and, like, him crying about Carol. Mm-hmm. I don't think the movie goes out of its way to make those work, but I think McAvoy does. Like, when he's crying to, to the video and tries to give a little humanity to this character. Yeah, or in the supermarket when he tears up when yeah. he's clearly scared of the child and, mm-hmm. and the, the widow. I think the only vulnerability the movie has is from McAvoy. It's definitely not... Script isn't helping. The direction isn't helping. Well, I think the the... the, the Bladesy, Blades, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that guy's name is. He's in. He was in a Eddie a, Marsan, I think. Yeah. yeah, he's in that the 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 Simon Pegg. Uh, yeah, the uh, World's End. World's End. Yeah, he's in that as also like the dumpy accountant type. I think that, that, that he has that at the end of it. He's still a likable character and one of the few. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only thing I didn't like about his character was his tolerance for James McAvoy's character. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's well, it's one of those people where you know we've talked about previously uh, how some of us wish that they could go back and tell our 
previous selves, like, hey, stop having shitty friends. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's one of those guys who you wish you could say, like, hey, Bruce is terrible. He's terrible for you. Like, stop hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his flaw. Bonte. Bonte. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't expecting to hear uh, Professor Xavier uh, prank call and uh, have a sex combo with Moaning Myrtle. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Phil has surprises for you. <laughs> Cross genres. What did you guys think of, uh, uh, what's his name? The, his uh, therapist? Jim oh, Broadbent? Oh, yeah. Jim Broadbent? I hated him in this movie. <laughs> I is, love Jim Broadbent. The, 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 the like, fantasy sequences with like the uh, like his, the tapeworm, he is your hero. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so it's so over the top and weird. It's They found a way to make his, uh, what was his character's name in, in Harry Potter, who had the same like uh, way of speaking. It'd be like, oh, Harry, yes. But they just like cranked it up to 11. <laughs> I did like the female <clears throat> inspector. Yes. Uh, purple. Pots. Yeah. Always like Is it Pots? I think it's Pots. Interesting. Spelt Poots. Spelt Poots. I thought the scene in the stairway was really nice. Yeah. Someone who obviously wasn't eating his line of bullshit that he feeds everyone. Right. And this is also when he's like at the tail end of his spiral. Yeah, and she's just mm-hmm. like, I'm not attracted to you at all. But as one human being to another, <laughs> like I don't want to see you this like ripped up. I feel like that was the that scene is the one like real moment in the yeah. movie. It's the yeah. only it's the closest it came to being likable. And their their performances kind of cut through the uh, disaster piece. dwelling in the grotesque that <laughs> yeah, that movie likes to do. Yeah. It's trying to like you know shaking the shoulders of the movie a little bit, like like yeah. snap out of it. That's why I, I don't say that I hated it. Because there, there were definitely scenes and moments where I was like, oh, this is endearing, or this is... It's going extreme not to excess. Uh, but then that's balanced by him and his... Bruce and his rookie partner sitting in a car, tracking down a suspect who their their probable cause for interrogating the suspect is the girl that he's bringing home looks underage. Mm-hmm. And then, to prove that, uh, James McAvoy's character gets her ID and uh, makes her give him a blowjob. And, like... It's it's rough parts like that where I yeah, can't which is, you know, I can't let the good parts outweigh the bad, which is you know rape. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's so over the top and yeah. unnecessary. Like it doesn't really serve the story. I, I at the end of the movie I listed his vices, which are you know he calls like the games. Yeah. First off, there's there's you know it's light, it's gambling. You know there's he's got the odds for everyone, and they're like player introductions. If they would have uh, carried that, that's sorry. I'm I'm gonna let you finish, but. If they would have carried through... But Taylor Swift does the greatest album of all time. Taylor Swift gave the greatest 15-year-old blood of all time. If they would have carried that through, any one of these... Because like, I think the first half of the movie is fine. If they would have taken any of those things that they set up in the first half and paid them off in the second half, as opposed to this ridiculous twist where like, oh, his wife's actually him. Like, like that's stupid. Yeah. Like, keep doing the odds... Or something gambling related. Yeah, that's how movies are made. Yeah, because there's <laughs> these do this thing and then you finish that. Yeah, thing. it's like they took Chekhov's gun and they just kept finding more guns and then just like throwing them in the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> and like do Chicago like take back the streets like money for guns. Yeah, thing at the end. What was your list though? That sounds yeah, funny. it was a uh, gambling, uh, obviously rape and coercion, um, drug of, abuse. Of a minor. Uh, yeah, of a minor. Cocaine and prescription drug abuse, alcoholism, sadism, masochism, adultery. I guess uh, multiple personality stuff. And then manipulation, violence, racism, sexism, homophobia. Pretty much any ism. Yeah, then, then I put mean. Just being mean. <laughs> <laughs> the worst place of all. He beats up his friend. It's yeah. just like, 
so many unnecessary moments in that movie. <clears throat> Do you feel like the movie tries to redeem his character at the end with the video? Yeah, and it's way too late for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they, I was like, man, these... fucked up. This, yeah, the ex-wife and daughter, they're going to be way better off after this movie. Yeah. yeah. Not having that presence in the movie anymore. They just failed. It's, yeah, and plus, like, uh, Blades, he already knows it was him who betrayed him in the jail cell. He's like, right. no, it's you. So the point of the video is just giving him some, you know, the arrogance of giving him advice. You know, it takes a horrible person sometimes to give the best advice or some yeah. paraphrase of that. Yeah. It's kind of bullshit. It takes a wrongdoer to tell you that you're wrong. Yeah, doing it's like wrong. a deathbed confession type thing. Yeah. And Not it, just for him, but deathbed confession for the movie. It's like, oh, look, there's an arc. Yeah. It's also, I mean... Not that it needs to be explicitly stated, but I also feel like this movie has a, a, a really disgusting portrayal of the acceptance of all of these bad isms. Like Absolutely. To yeah. the point where proving that it's like it's inherent in this one person's life where like he's masturbating to pornography and then as soon as like a black guy enters, he's like, Oh well now I can't like be watching this and he turns on, you know, Frank Sidebottom. Yeah. And I don't think they call the Japanese student anything they don't ever call him Japanese after the first time. They, uh, they use like racial slurs just throughout. Yeah, and it's the the cops that are doing that. Yeah, at first you think, oh, it's you know this is Bruce's worldview, but it's also like you know when he's doing the uh, homophobic blackmail. Yeah. About you know some paying off some guy. Oh, yeah. right. the, the inspector who is Bruce's boss says like, what are, what are we going to do about this? Uh, in quotes. And apologize to any international listeners that this yeah. is a real slur, but like this Jesse boy, yeah, like it, it's not right. We can't do it. Yeah, it's like the infrastructure is homophobic, and, and the movie is movie's worldview. It's not just the character. Yeah, and it even gets worse than that. The one character who's supposed to be the like the redeeming character, or someone that I think I've identified as a redeeming character in Bladesy, is he knows he can distract Bladesy by pointing at two gay men in a bar. By saying, like, look at those two, and also quoting, look at those two puffties. Can you believe it? It disgusts me. And he knows that that Blades will look long enough that he can roofie his drink. Yeah. Like, he knows that he'll have such a visceral reaction. It's it's just so accepted. And when the movie tries, tries, to redeem some aspects of Bruce by the end of the movie, it does zero work to assert that anything about defense of, you know, queer lifestyles, because the cross-dressing thing is immediately seen by the other gay police officer as like, like, yeah, I'm gay, but you're disgusting for cross-dressing. Yeah. Like, that... And nothing to redeem, you know, any of the inherent racism or... It's like... Or people that are... And also, like, uh, mental health. People that are mentally ill are, like, villains and... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's a scene of, you know, he is Carol and in a previous fantasy scene, it's like her among all these freaks. Yeah. It's like because of his mental health and cross-dressing that it's a freak thing. And uh, it's also very, like, backward-looking... Um, movie, you know, it's based on a, a Irving, Irvine Welsh yeah. novel from the '90s. It feels like an '80s or '90s movie because it also plays for huge laughs, like the gay panic scene in uh, Germany. Yeah. It's like gives him a roofie and he like dances with guys and he's like dancing, and that's like a hilarious embarrassment. Yeah, it's right. Like an absolute yeah. humiliation. Yeah, and that's I, I think it's played for laughs, but yeah, well, yeah, especially it's when it's not you... really funny. It's like right. <laughs> But, like, James McAvoy, and, and I think, kind of going back to my previous, the main reason why I didn't like this, despite the good and the bad, was, you know, we have the odds that they try, that he tries to set up, but it mm-hmm. doesn't knock those pins down. And then he says, after he goes to the odds, he goes, 
but I'm going to have to embarrass each and every one of these people. And I thought that there would be one of those for each character. And then that would be our structure moving forward with the plot, with the backdrop of this murder investigation. Mm -hmm. But no, they just abandoned it. Yeah. Yeah. He cheats on the one guy's wife. That's his game. And then has the, the homophobic blackmail. Yeah. The other two characters don't really have anything. Yeah, the, like the older cop, the older sweet cop, nothing wrong with him, doesn't do anything with him, doesn't do anything to the rookie. Like, like kind of embarrasses him by, like, making everyone photocopy their dicks, but it doesn't affect him in any way. He doesn't, like, resign or, like, step yeah. back. Nothing changes, and then doesn't do anything to Imogen Poots, Imogen Potts, whatever. You know, it's... There's no payoff for anything in the movie. No, the only payoff there was is that he fucking killed himself at the end. Yeah. Good riddance. I did like the editing of the final scene. Me too. Like, it's such like a, I don't know, a Hail Mary, like the widow and the kid is, oh, all along, here's this part of him. I don't think that really works that well. Yeah. It's like a, it's abrupt shift tone to a different movie. Yeah. But I did like the editing where they knock, they're, they're gone, it's like quick thing and the same rules apply and it's just a quick cut of and then like and then slam edit crash filth. cut to the yeah. animated credits which were weird too yeah so Malo's rating on Letterboxd so far nice well and they, they also have the the sexism I think that's also not a character trait it's like a movie trait yeah of I think it's supposed to be a huge laugh line and maybe it would be in Scotland, not to denigrate Scotland, but it's like, you know, if a, if a male person pulls down their trousers, it's harassment. If a female, it's a promotion. Yeah. It's supposed to be like this hilarious witticism. <gasps> Only in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of anachronistic, the whole, a yeah. lot of the thoughts and mm-hmm. tones of the movie. Yeah, but for everyone, for everyone who stuck with us on that, this is just a movie that I think the trailers really oversold that this movie was going to be good. So that's 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 where I caught the hype on it. Credits to, to the people who put those together. Uh, I saw the trailer. I watched the trailer immediately before I watched the movie, and I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was. Yeah, and so I was going into it thinking it was going to be like a cheeky dark comedy. Yeah, and instead it was a despicable character portrait yeah. where none of the good characters got what they deserved, and everyone else, like three, the three good characters didn't get what they earned, and all the bad characters, they all kind of succeed except for Bruce, who I think still gets what he wants in the end. Uh, he gets that quick fourth wall break, you know, gets to be the amazing entertainer that he's always thought himself to be. He's played his games, and now he goes out on top at the bottom, and. Yeah. You know. His quote is like, the games are always being played. Yeah. And I think the movie thinks it's more clever than it is. Like, yeah. it starts off the games of him farting in the police room. It's like, that's one of the games. That was my first giggle, and though. The, <laughs> the last game is, you know, him killing himself. Yeah. You know, there's unlikable movies which can be rewarding. You know, where you have unlikable characters or unlikable situations. Yeah. Where you may not root for something, but... That you can get something out of it. I just thought this was kind of like a miserable movie. Yeah. Yeah. A county fair of a movie. Anyone who watched that, thanks for watching with us. Let us know what you thought of it. We saw one person definitely said they had seen it, and that was all they commented. <laughs> Maybe that was exactly what they thought of it. You know, I think it was, ooh, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> like, now I know what kind of ooh that was, I think. Yeah. I um, wonder if, like, you're in... Like, I saw Train Spotting when I was in college. Like, what would your reaction be if you're in college and you saw that? Yep, that's what I told TJ when we were driving this morning. I said, this is a movie that 17-year-old Chris probably would have liked. Yeah, yeah. I think the, I think it's, a lot of teenage males would love that movie. Yeah. Like, you could think there's there's a fight club edge to it, and you may, yeah. you may think that's cool. Yeah, it's not but, politically correct. It's just, you know, this raw story of this detective. It's real fucking edgy. I think its edginess is just kind of hollow. Yeah. It's kind of like a false... 
display of this grotesque thing, but it's just for grotesque's sake. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really anything behind it. And I think Transpine definitely is slightly overrated and has a lot of those aspects and not Mm -hmm. to compare them just because they're Scottish or whatever, but it does have the, like, goal of this kid trying to get out of all the bad shit he's stuck in, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's trying to get out of here when he's trying to just get the fuck out of Scotland. He's trying to move to Europe. Yeah. Um, This movie has, like, Zero of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It, it kind of has that because there's the scenes with Bruce's wife saying, like, once he gets this promotion, everything will be better. So there is that goal of getting yourself out of the situation, but they don't ever... Yeah, but I don't think that... with that. I mean, they don't, they don't set that character up enough to think that he'll ever be fixed. Yeah. They just don't make you care yeah. about anything yeah. that happens. Also, yeah. like, pretty early on, you know that the thing, like, his quest for the promotion... Is obviously not what the movie is going to be about. Yeah, but yeah. then it doesn't give you anything else for the movie to be right. about. Well, when he's doing the odds, the whole time I'm thinking like, is he going to do himself and say like two hundred to one? Because then there's like a little bit of self realization that like he has no shot at getting this promotion. But I think that he thinks he's the front runner. And it would have been rewarding if they paid that off, like you like you say, like updating the odds for the promotion or every time he talks to to the uh, the chief inspector and the chief inspector says like this will be good for promotion, like. If they're going to do that severe editing, why don't they have like a little ticker pops up on the screen and is like he increases from like eight to one odds to like four to one odds, and you're right inspired, yeah, something sure. inspired by somebody, <laughs> like take inspiration somewhere. But I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, it, the monkey know, off my back. I, I was in the same boat as I had it in my Netflix queue for a couple years and just hadn't gotten around to it. This feels like therapy that we all watched it and we all get to talk about. Like, yes, we agree it was bad. You know, it, that's why it's good in the homework to kind of do a, a swath. You know, we had a classic in The Third Man. And maybe, you know, there are failures that are interesting in their own right, I guess, yeah. in the discussion. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it would be I think it would be boring if we always picked movies that we all like. We yeah. just did the Criterion Collection <laughs> alphabetically. <laughs> this, this week we're talking about Zatoichi. That was going to be my homework this week is the Criterion Collection. <laughs> yeah, but remember... Before, to watch them on two and a half speed so we can get through all of them. I'm assigning Never Netflix sleep. next week. <laughs> I just want to want to little broad. <laughs> want to put this in the record books. Four weeks ago, I assigned Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> this is adorable. So you're even. <laughs> <laughs> You've made us feel good and awful. But I also, you know, it makes you feel. Well, I felt bad watching it, but it didn't really stick with me either. Like mm-hmm. train spotting, like the baby scene, like withdrawal. There's all kinds of stuff in that movie. Him getting his straight friend onto heroin and ruining his life. Yeah. There's things in that movie that stick with me. Like, yeah. besides writing some notes on this for this podcast, I think it was, like, out of my system yep. right after I watched it. Yep. yep. Again, no, no, no reason to care. It's like, people, people call things popcorn movies. This was, like, rancid popcorn. You take <laughs> one bite and you're like, yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but you just have to keep eating it for an hour and a half. Yeah. You're welcome. And, uh... I'm not the first person to do it. Remember 99 Homes? I, know. I didn't watch it, and I, I don't, David. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> we just had to cry to ourselves. I, I like that movie. That's a good example of a movie that, like, I never that I reckon that I thought was good, and I'm glad that I watched it, even though I didn't feel good towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Truly, do a future podcast topic about one watch movies, or mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Things you put in the bin and never go back to. David, just movies. (laughs) (laughs) True. My my list might be pretty big. (laughs) Well, I started with the first ever movie. 
<laughs> the one where the train is coming onto the screen. <laughs> you take these rocks and you drop them really fast. It makes the moving picture. Um, I don't have the schedule, but if anyone wants to transition into moving to the next topic, yeah. this would be, be where I try and do it. Like we've, we've came, we've like rounded back to filth like three times. Like, yeah, let, let, one let, more let, thing on filth. <laughs> Well, let's transition out of it. So we'll go to uh, our watch lists. Uh, what we've been watching or playing within the last week. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Oh. I did not watch many movies this week. Uh, I watched uh, one movie that I actually liked less than Filth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I gave Filth two stars let's, out of five. Let's talk this, about Filth again. This movie, <laughs> this movie I gave what one and a half. Again? And this yeah. movie is Man of Steel. Uh, it's my, uh, my second watch, but the first time I'd ever stayed awake through the entirety of it. Okay. Mm. So, uh, it turns out all I slept through was more tackling. <laughs> so, Zod Superman. It's like, I really need to fill in these 20 minutes that I missed the first time I watched it. Oh, it's just them flying through buildings, <laughs> tackling each other. You could other. just watch Hard Knocks instead. Yeah. Hated. That movie was so bad. I did a, uh, I did a live commentary on our Facebook group <laughs> of my thoughts at the time while I was watching it. So, I'll just let people refer to that. For it makes, it makes me want to go back and watch Superman Returns, the Brian Singer. Or Superman. It's not, yeah, it's not it as bad. Can't, it yeah. can't be that. Yeah. This was better. This was yeah. just joyless. Just just on just on uh, Parker Posey's performance alone, Superman yeah. Returns is way better. I think it. I remember it just being fun. I don't think any of these movies are fun. No, this was not fun. I think the fight scene you get to see from the point of view of Bruce Wayne in Batman vs Superman is better than the actual fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. Superman. Yeah. Uh, the second movie I watched this week was from 2015. It's a little indie film called Tangerine. Oh, nice. Yeah. The iPhone movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie that, it's uh, as it started, I thought I was going to hate it. Uh, for probably the first 15 or 20 minutes, I really just thought I would dislike it. And it just oddly grows on you. It's about two transgender prostitutes. They, uh, they're prostitutes in L.A. One of them finds out, one of them just got out of jail and finds out that they're pimp was cheating on her while she was in jail. And so it's about her trying to hunt down their pimp. And it's it's a, just a fascinating movie. Hmm. In, and it's filmed all on iPhones, which was... Does it rise above the kind of can-you-believe-it status? Like, I feel some indie movies are, can-you-believe we shot an iPhone? Like, yeah, you know, I, I barely noticed that. Okay. That was not... Yeah, a, I mean, you can... I was assuming I'm, I've read you, like, upgrade your iPhone so much now that probably wouldn't be able to tell a yeah. huge difference. It was... I don't know. It was interesting. And it was, uh, you could tell the people had no, most of the cast members had no acting experience. You could also tell that they were doing a pretty, re- uh, like, really good job for mm. people with no. Hmm. Every like, once in a while, there'll be a comedian on Douglas Movies, a podcast that three of us listen to anyway. So, what, you were in Tangerine? I'm like, yeah. There'll be like random comedians that were, like, in the coffee shop. Yeah. That are in Tangerine. They, they have a few cameo roles, which are very minor cameos. It's not it, people you Big. know the names yeah, of. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I would recommend it. It's it's interesting. Nice. It's I didn't love it, but I, I thought it was above average. One of those movies that I stop on every time it pops up, and I'm like, eh, later. Like I'm just never. <laughs> I feel like I'm not in the mood yeah. for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a must watch, but it's uh, if it's well, somebody watch it, they found. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. check it out if you're interested in. It. I think I gave it three and a half, maybe. Nice. Um, I checked to see if Apple got a production credit because of how great of an advertising campaign that would be. Yeah. Uh, no, but you know who did get a production com- credit was the Duplass brothers. Oh. Yeah, they produced it. Yeah. yeah. Crazy ass Duplass brothers. Um, <laughs> All those guys. Yeah. 
That's it for movies for me. I did um, because I spent the week catching up on the leftovers HBO show. I had previously seen season one when it came out, and season one I thought was good and well done, but mm. not. I didn't love it. It didn't make me. I wasn't waiting for season two to come out, and I sure. completely missed the boat on season two. Heard it was great after the fact, and finally got around to watching it, and it was indeed fantastic. I thought season two of The Leftovers was one of the best seasons of any HBO show I've seen. Don't you love the first season? I, I don't want to spoil anything, but the first episode of season two is such like a fuck you. Those first, so it reminds me, and, it, and it's it's very clearly has ties to Lost in terms of filmmaking yeah. and mm-hmm. style because Damon Lindelof made both those shows. Hey, Lost was always his show. It was J.J. Abrams just came up with the idea yeah. and Lindelof made it. The The way season two starts off is similar to the way season two of Lost starts, which is a scene, and, and one of us is still catching up, so I'm not going to give away I'm too much. I'm just saying the alphabet in my head. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Talking like yourself. Uh, it's, it's a scene. <laughs> We're dancing around it. A scene that seemingly has absolutely nothing to do with this with what you've seen before. Yeah. Almost gleefully so. <laughs> yeah. And it's leftover season two struck me as like, this is what Lost could have been if without network meddling, without network limits. Like you can do R rated television on HBO. Yeah. And it's it hits the it doesn't hit the science fiction as hard as Lost did, but it definitely the drama of Lost is very present. And it's the the best of Lost drama wise is throughout season two. Of the leftovers, yeah. I think. Uh, so I loved it. Recommend everybody catch up on that because it's Love it's starting show. back up soon. Yeah, and uh, just you're forewarned at this point. Binge the leftovers. Cause we're probably going to talk about it very in very spoiler fashion next week. Be on notice. Um, <laughs> season two is so much crazier than season one too. Yeah. It's just yeah. in in good ways. Pays yeah. off so much stuff too. And the episode titled "International Assassin." Is like a standalone, <laughs> so insanely good yeah. episode of television. Yeah, well, it's just a title. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Also, watched one other episode of television this week, an episode of television that made national news. Yeah, the latest episode of Survivor. I heard. A, I didn't hear what uh, the news was, but I heard there was something that happened. Yeah, explain it. Jeff Varner, who was uh, on his way out of the game and was feeling the heat at Tribal Council, who's openly gay. He is gay. Uh, he decided. Yeah, he's trying to. He's trying to throw some votes onto Ozzy, um, and it's working. It is. Yeah, it may not have actually worked, right. but it's. It's. He's made some good points. He People he, he, he caught the dumbest member of that tribe. Debbie was like, "Oh, yeah. great idea!" But you know, and then he just kept talking, yeah. and he proceeded to uh, look at Zeke because Zeke was hesitant to vote out Ozzy because Zeke. This is very smart. Zeke wants to keep bigger threats in the game for a little while so that Zeke isn't perceived as a threat. Zeke happens to be a transgender man. And Varner looks at him in the middle of tribal council and says, Why haven't you told anybody you're transgender? Oh. And thought he was, like, out. But he's, he, he, he's not closeted. Like, people knew. Brent and I knew the last season he was on. Because it kind of leaked through Reddit. But there were people on the show that didn't know. Hmm. Uh, and they were there. So... Yeah, I, I don't think Varner thought he was outing him. I, I think he, he thought he was out, but at the same time, you still just don't. But also, if he thought that he was out, why would he... he the frame was, he was trying to get everyone to turn against Ozzy because he had discovered that Ozzy and Zeke had a secret alliance within this bigger alliance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he said he was using the fact that Zeke was transgender and not out to... The other uh, castmates or castaways. And that's the ticket. 
Right, by saying that, like, you don't think he's capable of deception. Mm. And then he said, Zeke, why haven't you told any of them you're transgender? And it's like, and Jeff Probst really nailed it. When well, he, he, I think Werner thought he was out to everybody, not on Survivor. Because that happens in Survivor all the time. Right. Like, I'm a funeral director, but you're actually a cop or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so that happens. And I think that's what Varner thought. That yes. nobody yeah. on cast knew he was transgender. But Varner had knew because him and Zeke were so buddy-buddy. Yeah. I'm sure Zeke's told people on the show before. Didn't, yeah. and I didn't think, get on camera. I think part of it also was Varner probably think Like, a big part of bonding on that show is talking about your life off the the show and like what shapes you and I think he's trying to plant seeds of distrust by saying this is a big thing in Zeke's life and he hasn't shared it with any of you so that's why you should not feel a personal connection to Zeke other tribe mates yeah Again, just... Very poorly played. It, and it, and it, 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 yeah. it ended the only way it could have. After everyone talks about it and like they, they kind of hash it out to you know, a point where Zeke gets to say his piece and say, you know, like, I, he looks at Varney and goes like, that's not cool, man, but I'm fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about how you know he could be a role model, like whatever, but you know he didn't want to be the transgender player. He wanted to be Zeke. After all that, he's season. also kind of like everybody's favorite yeah. player on the show. And Zeke. he's also yeah. like a, a survivor super nerd. Yeah. Where like he knows everything about everyone and what they did and like how good they are. So like he mm-hmm. is, in my mind, not seeing other episodes of Survivor, he's got to be one of the biggest intellectual threats on the show. Yeah. Um, he's the smartest player on the show, I think. Now that what's your name's gone, Sanders gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after all of that, and everyone expresses their disgust at Varner, Jeff Probst just goes like, well, we don't need to vote, do we? Everyone knows what they're going to do. All right, Varner, come on up. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just Varner, like, we, don't, we don't need to vote. He even says, like, he goes, he's like, we don't have to vote, right? It's it's Varner, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he kind of pushes him a little bit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> he, was, he was pissed. Probst was. Yeah. He was also. And also, Varner did feel bad immediately. He couldn't could talk at the post and everything. No, he was crying. He was so crying and, yeah. uh. We were talking about this. Also, you you also have to consider that like he's gone almost three weeks with having nothing but like a cup of rice a day, and he's probably exhausted and hungry. And none of these people are probably like mentally focused. Where which is to say, basically, you should stay away from topics like that. Yeah. When you haven't slept well or eaten for two weeks, mm-hmm. because Just you good can't. Life advice. You can't put it. Well, did anyone know that Ty was Asian? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what I'm... <laughs> that would be great. Why would you told anybody you're Asian, Ty? Yeah. I thought they all know. <laughs> that's, an impression of, that's an impression of Ty. That is a fairly okay. accurate impression of Ty. Yeah. yeah. Ty is also my second favorite character on Survivor. I love that, man. He is adorable. I, I likened the whole thing to, to Varner getting caught like doing a really awful thing. And then his defense of, like, I do a lot of work for transgender people back home. Like, he lives in North Carolina, and he does, you know, do... Like, he is, is an activist for it. Yeah, well, he's, but to he me, should know better, then. That's it, even worse. And, and then, to me, it felt like someone saying something racist, getting called out for it, and going, I've got black friends. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. If he works with transgender youth or anything, he should know that that's such a sensitive negotiation of... Right. He, thought it was new in, people. he thought it was in the game, though, I think. I still think that. I mean, I, I'm not defending him at all. I think it was horrible, and he deserved to go home. <laughs> But that, that should be his punishment, is that he went home. Yeah. Yeah, he apparently lost his job. Because that happens in the yeah. game all the time. And, like, if you're going to do that with somebody's occupation, yeah, if somebody doesn't want anybody to know what they do there, mm-hmm. and you're going to out them for that, it is the exact same. Or if someone's game. having, you know like, I mean? like an under wraps, like, sexual relationship with another castaway, that's, like, a good thing to, like, throw up during tribal yeah. council. If somebody's got cancer and they were... 
they confide in one person. Like, I think it's this, it's looked at differently because, like, that, that, I have no idea, honestly, but from the gay friends I've had, coming out is, like, a very special thing that they want to control. Right. They want to make sure they know how it's happening. So it's looked at differently, but it is no different in my mind than somebody being like, why haven't you told anybody you have cancer? Or why haven't you told anybody that your mom died the day before you left for the survivor? And that happens on Survivor all the time. Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, the, the main problem is not so much... I, I don't think he outed Zeke to Zeke's friends or family or people no. people close to Zeke. I think he just outed Zeke to every person Zeke's ever going to meet for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that is the problem. Yeah. That is Zeke's to still control. And that's what... I think that's what Varner maybe miscalculated. Because I, I really don't think he knew he was doing that. Because I think, like David said, as a gay man, he knows... He knows how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke also, I'm sure, knew that this was going to come out the second he decided he was going to go on Survivor at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, I, mean, I, I think he said as much. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to He was super that. cool about it. Yeah. I mean, he was just like... He's prepared. What's going to happen? I don't want it to happen this way, but what are you going to do? Kind of. Yeah. Really good episode of Survivor, though. It was yeah. Really good television. It was an important episode of Survivor, too. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen them not vote? Uh, possibly, but it was just sort of a... Uh, Everything was out in the open. Like, it, I think there may have been some episode before where people were just like, "We're voting him out." Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, because he buried the rice or something. We've <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of crazies over the years. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering how has anyone accused Jeff Varner of being a, an intelligent player, other than being someone who's smart enough to hitch their wagon to good player? His problem has always been just sort of diarrhea of the mouth. Okay. Just he just never shuts up, and that's always. That's what that. clearly got him in trouble here, yeah. which was, he, I don't think he's a, a malicious person. I don't think he's a bad guy. I yeah. think he's just, he's just a guy who doesn't think and just, he talks before he thinks. Yeah. I'm glad they're merging next week, though, because my three favorite players are on that tribe, and they do not look like they're going to win a lot of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they won the reward challenge. Like I, they crushed that. Yeah. yeah. They got Ozzy. They have like the top draft pick and then all the bottom draft picks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's it for me. I know we've talked a while for about Survivor. That, yeah. that was a big chunk of what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because um, I watched Filth. I watched. You want to talk about Filth again? Yeah. Let's talk about Filth. Let's talk about Filth. I didn't like it. Did you guys realize the movie's called Filth? <laughs> oh. Um, I watched Survivor. I watched Filth, and then I watched uh, for the man. There's a. There's a small chance I'm creeping up toward triple digits in my Jurassic Park watches. <laughs> I'll watch it again this week. I like to think that how many Jurassic Park watches you have the time. <laughs> creeping up. Oh, creeping up. <laughs> yeah, it's um, when we moved last time, we didn't have cable for like two weeks. And I had one of those VCR TVs, and I have it on VHS. And it just played on loop like 24 hours a day. <laughs> I would just stop and stare at it <laughs> blankly for five minutes at a time. Like, know, a, like a pediodontist office. <laughs> Playing the same children's movie over and over. Your relationship with Jurassic Park. It's a weird one with Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, kids love dinosaurs. True. We did. I had a favorite. Um, the Ankylosaurus. That's a weird one. <laughs> My favorite was the Hammerhead. You know, like the first the hipster? The top who would yeah. hit things. So, uh, Jurassic Park, was it still pretty good? It was amazing. <laughs> What's your favorite dinosaur, Brent? David and I started a new topic for this podcast. Dome smash. I like the, do you think he saw us, Rex? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. The blind dinosaur's dog. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing that, that 
jumps out to me recently, the past few times I've watched Jurassic Park. How 25 years old, how real those dinosaurs look in that movie mm. is insane to me. Them dinosaurs is real? <laughs> oh, God. I thought you were going to say, like, the most recent times I've watched this movie. Here's what's jumped out at me. There's a guy in the lab that's sit in the back of the lab, and uh, he does things with such precision. I've been watching him for this. this he previous telegraphs watch. the whole movie. There's, there's, a, there's a point where he just goes "Hey" and waves. <laughs> camera. He started talking to me by name. Jurassic Park so many times. You get to watch a different dinosaur on the stampede yeah. scene every time. He's like, this time I'm going to watch that one. That's, and he's running. That's that's one thing. Uh, Kelly and I listen to this podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time. I don't know if, if we've talked about it here before, but uh, every weekend for a year, these two uh, New Zealand comedians watch the, not New Zealand, Australian comedians watch the same movie, record a podcast, reviewing that movie as if it was, you know, a new review. They did Grown Ups 2 for the first season, <laughs> Sex and the City 2 for the second season, and then We Are Your Friends for the third season. Oh, um, and it gets to a point in like Grown Ups 2 where they feel like performances change. <laughs> but it's really funny. You should listen to it if you're at all amused by stuff. I don't know. <laughs> sure. If you're the type of person that gets who finds amused. amusement. Yeah. If you are pro on amusement. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so TJ, steal your thunder. Uh, I didn't really watch much. Watch Survivor. Didn't watch a movie other than Filth. The other thing, uh, like Survivor's like little cousin, stranded with a million dollars. Hell yeah! It's a uh, hell yeah. <laughs> they got to a point in that show where one of the so have we explained group buys with that show? Yes. Okay. So at the group buy, uh, it's now the campers are two and Team Thrive, Team McCody are two. So it's two on two. So yeah. now. Any any team can can control the group by by just voting now, mm-hmm. and obviously Team Thrive is saying we're not spending any more money. You idiots have to learn how to survive out here. So then Alex pulled what I thought was going to be the I most OG smart. move. He got all because they give him the cash of that. Who's Alex? He's part of the, one of the campers. It's Alex and Gina on the campers. Yeah, one of the luxury campers. Okay. He's like the figurehead. Yeah, and then Cody and Makani uh, are the Team Thrive team. McCody. Okay. So Alex and they're the ones who are. Don't buy anything. Survivalist, organic farmer, like, you know, they're awesome. So Alex decides that in order to get them to, first, Gina says that we're not carrying anything. You guys have to carry everything because they have to move camp every three days unless you let us buy food. We want peanut butter and carrots. Let us buy food. Give us the pot so we can boil water so we can drink clean water. And McCody said no. So that they don't carry anything, McCody takes, I think, combined like 115 pounds worth of stuff mm-hmm. on a three-kilometer hike. Yep. Uh, then they get to this new camp, and Alex says, in anticipation of the group buy, if you don't let us buy anything, we're going to start tearing up and burning the cash. And he starts to do that. They get all of it, and they're just burning $100 bills. They're ripping it first, and they're like, burning it would be more efficient. Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't have the energy to rip it all. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, like, that's... That, that's that's brilliant, because they have no leverage anymore. Right, you got to try right. to find it wherever you can. Yeah. But then, like, after they've burned $60,000, they just give up. They just stopped. If, you, if you're doing that, you got to commit to burn it all. And, and that's as, the only way. And they have something like... You're not going to win otherwise. They have something yeah, like $460,000 in cash that they have to carry from campsite to campsite. And he could burn all of it. You could burn the duffel bag. You, you could burn all of it and then they could leave the show and just be like, ha, like, fuck you guys. Now now deal with this. You guys have lost 
almost a half a million dollars because you wouldn't spend seventy five hundred dollars to buy a peanut butter and carrots. It's it's would have been an awesome power play. It's a power play, but it's just mutually assured destruction. Yeah, of basically. course it is. But it's I mean it's it's you got no other choice though. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's a baller move. It's because and the luxury campers are the ones who created this divide and like anything we buy, you guys can't use on the other side. And this is just turnaround being fair play. Yep. And and it, it, they're hinting at maybe Gina, like the least likely to succeed person on the show. Seems like she's put herself in a position. Everyone likes her because she's funny and she keeps spirits high. That Gina may defect Team Cody because all she has to do is carry 10 more pounds and it all be cash. And she is worth it to keep on the team of people who are the survivalists. Yep. And just like, fuck Alex. He's the one who's the bully despite... When does it end? Probably. Day 40. Yeah, we, I don't maybe know. maybe a couple episodes left. Okay. Not very many. They went through two hikes last time, so I think it might end soon. Hmm. Normally, they just do one can't move per episode. Um, Man, it, I wonder how many days he had left when he started burning the money there. Like, I wonder what day that was. I think day 30? Yeah. Because I feel like it's a, it's a power play move, but it's also just like, fucking deal with it in 10 days, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get well, money. Well, they, they had like, been... Is it worth it? They had been three days without food and without uh, clean water. By the time he was burning money. Well, I mean, he wasn't three days without water. He was three days without clean water. Clean water, yeah. Well, so was he, like, shitting there? No, he was drinking from the stream that uh, Cody, they showed afterwards, had been pissing in. Nice. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Animals pissing drinks. <laughs> yeah. It's but it's, it's, not, it's not like it's running water. It's just like a flat brook yeah. kind of on the okay. island. So if you have still water, I mean, you got crap in there. Yeah. But I, I, I thought it was, it's an interesting episode. It's got, it's got roots. And that if they, as long as they don't materially alter it and let the next cast who does this study this first season and mm. then develop strategies, it could be an interesting reality show going yeah. forward. Because yeah. Alex's whole thing about, uh, you know, getting the luxury campers together, spending money when they want to, was like, I don't know how this game is played. This is the first time this game has ever been played. Mm. I'm going to set out on a strategy and I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to see how it works, and I'll adapt if I need to. And until it was 2v2, he didn't have to adapt. Hmm. So his whole thing was like, denying people group buys and everything, you know, not sharing stuff we buy with everybody's money, like, that's just part of the game. And now they've set the template for what part of the game is. And he would have been fine if they had the uh, Team Thrive uh, burnout. There was originally three people, one person burnt out. But if they weren't, if um, uh, Makani and Cody weren't so stubborn and seriously suited to yeah. survivalism, then that would have won. That would have won out. Yeah. They just got stuck against, like, immovable objects in Team Cody. Yeah. These are people who, fascinating. who, when they were offered, like, a reward, where, like, they offer these rewards, Cody uh, was most excited about the idea that for part of his reward, he got to... Buy a blue hat. And he said that the blue hat, that's Team Thrive. Anyone with a blue hat is going to make it to day 40. That's what he was excited about. Other people, when they go to these things, are like, oh my god, there's pizza and meatballs. Yes. This guy just like doesn't give a shit about any of those luxuries He got like an all-weather poncho that he was like super thrilled about, and everyone else was like, meatball sub. Like, that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of seeing the long game the whole way through yeah. this season. He's also probably the craziest person. Yeah, he's he is a person. I, I think that if I were stranded on an island with him and he at any point had to rely on me or win by himself, he'd just like cut my throat, like literally mm. cut my throat. What are they eating? <laughs> They're eating taro, and they are they bought carrots and peanut butter two weeks ago, and they've rationed it yep. as opposed to the people who bought four people bought two jars of peanut butter and they ate it that day. 
Yeah, and they ate, they bought two sandwiches and two pizzas, and they ate it within the span of a day and a half. Yeah, instead of portioning it out. Yeah, game show aside, I feel like peanut butter is probably a really good food. To yeah, buy. that's yeah. as soon as they started super buying high peanut, calories, super high fat. As soon as they started buying it, Kelly and I were like, "That's genius." Yeah, like, and they're using the empty peanut butter jars as water water cups. Yeah, too, which is smart to like store their boiled water. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Stranger with a Million Dollars thing is interesting. Uh, watch the challenge. Thought the episode wasn't that great. It is okay. Um, just all about rookies, and I don't really care. The will they, won't they? Um, with Laurel and Nicole's finally over. They will, um, and I just can't stand Nicole. Man, after Jenna went home, I can't stand most of the cast. Corey I, sucks. I like Jenna, Jenna's like Corey sucks. Nelson sucks. Uh, Amanda sucks. The the worst woman went home. Uh, I don't find Camilla that that amusing. Laurel's an idiot who thinks she's the smartest person on the planet. So I like Shane and I like CT. That's about it. I like Darnell too. Yeah, he's kind of just like above it. Yeah. The way that they were talking to Shane, where CT was like, you've actually got this game kind of figured out, don't I you? I Shane. And then Shane was like, oh no, don't say that. And then CT was like, what if it's a physical challenge? And Shane's just like, just tell him not to hit me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> just like playing like he's a he's bad at the game. Shane's also like 10 years older than most of the rookies and is the only one really thinking about it. Yeah, but that's what I watched this week. Busy week for me, but not in terms of media. Gotcha. Well, I watched a couple movies in a TV show. We'll go through it pretty quick. Um, I've been digging the uh, straight-to-Netflix movies. Uh, there's a new one out called Win It All. It's a Joe Swanberg movie. You know, uh, mumblecore guy. It's got Jake Johnson from New Girl in it. It's got a great, uh, great like, one-sentence premise. Is this, like, uh, gambler, loser. In his apartment, his shady bookie shows up and gives him a proposition. Mm-hmm. It's like, hold this bag for me for nine months while I'm in jail, and I'll give you, like, $15,000. Basically, the next scene is, well, I'm going to open the bag... And there's $20,000 in cash to a gambling addict. He actually goes to Gamblers Anonymous and has a sponsor. Uh-huh. And then the movie goes from there. Nice. It's pretty good. It's, it's Sounds fun. It's supposed to be a comedy, but it, it made me really tense all the stuff with money. Yeah. Yeah. Does It's not just like all set at... He's, he's a big uh, poker guy. Poker's his thing. It's not just set at poker tables. It's a lot about like his life also. Um, it's interesting. His brother is Joe Latrulio, who's really good in it. Nice. <laughs> Usually he's kind of like a bug-eyed uh, yeah. comedic force in a movie. He's, he's pretty good as his brother. He gives the the gambler a job. And there's a good part of the movie where he's just, I'm going to work stuff off and do this job. And then there's kind of a twist hmm. to it. But it's good. I like Joe Swanberg. Because David can't watch movies without twists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Man. But I like it. I recommend it. Uh, it went straight to Netflix. So I've been enjoying these straight-to-Netflix movies like The Discovery and... Uh, yeah, in classic TJ fashion, I forgot a movie I watched this week. <laughs> but, but I watched, it was The Discovery, so there wasn't much to talk about, to talk about last week. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Your review was pretty perfect. Yep. Yep. It's meant to be. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other movie I saw was uh, 20th Century Women. Um, <sighs> I know we talked. you talked about it a good bit before yeah. in uh, the Oscar run-up, but uh really enjoyed it. At first I was like, oh, this movie has no plot. And then at the end I was like... It doesn't need plot. <laughs> it's a really good, beautiful slice of life. The women are all fantastic in it. Yeah. But I, I laughed so I laughed so hard at the uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Billy Crudup. <laughs> yeah. Ending drop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a classic. <laughs> it's really good. Billy Crudup's like, uh, really good in it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Great soundtrack, too. Maybe you want to listen to a bunch of stuff. All right, the other thing I watched was a TV show. Called, uh, it was recommended by, um, I think, uh, 
Patrick on the Facebook group, TV by us, I watched Patriot on Amazon Prime, and I blew through the entire season. It, I really enjoyed it. It's a uh, spy show kind of mixed with Inside Lewin Davis, as I would uh, describe it. Wow. It's got a lot of quirk to it. <laughs> what? That's amazing. It's got a lot of quirk to it, like uh, Wes Anderson and Coen Brothers style quirk. I think that's what they're going for. Uh-huh. But it's really interesting. So the log line for it... You stumble upon that combo without trying to go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. It's like, I've only met a Coen Brothers movie. You got your Lewin Davis inside my spy movie. <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a spy who's trying to prevent money to go to Iran to fund their nuclear program. and But he just wants to be with his wife, and he wants to be a folk singer. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets stuck in Milwaukee with his cover as a piping engineer, and he starts... The folk music he does at Open Mics, open mics starts to be a little too personal. It's about assassinating targets, and he's going through like this mental breakdown. He has this folk song where accidentally shot this maid. It was a guy. Like, why are... Aren't there more male maids? And he's, you know, admitting to this murder in a folk song. <laughs> nice. But it's it's pretty quirky. It's really funny. I like it a lot. Um, very stylish. Yeah, the showrunner, Stephen Conrad, I don't know anything he's done before, but I thought it was pretty good. Neat. You know, some people think it's a little too quirky, but I don't mind a little bit of quirk. 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 And the only other thing I'll talk about is kind of a book. I'll, I'll break the wait, book wait, wait, barrier. Wait, wait. Is it a book or is it kind of a <laughs> yeah. book? It's kind of a book. I made a flip book. Was it a billboard? <laughs> I started reading. <laughs> All right, it is a book. Okay. It's uh, Annihilation, the first book of the Southern Reach trilogy, Jeff yeah. Vandermeer. I've had it for a while. It's when Katie gonna... listens to this, by the way, she's going to get freaked out yeah it's gonna be a movie with uh, don't get excited we're not gonna talk about books that much Katie. Natalie Portman is uh, the biologist no one has a name in it and uh, it's Alex Garland's follow up to Ex Machina he's directing it oh cool it's pretty interesting I'm pretty early and it's very dry it's very journalistic like kind of the, the Martian is but with a different kind of science fiction to it cool cool um, yeah. yeah that's it which segues perfectly into Breezy on the streets! Breezy on the streets! I'm still crazy on the streets. I'm a breezy on the streets and a breezy in the sheets. (laughs) Weezy in the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) This would be like a a talkie talk after dark. It's Weezy in the sheets. But uh, we'll start off first with a couple trailers that uh, came out. The biggest one, obviously, being the first trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Premiered on uh, Friday. And uh, it's pretty good. We can't can't pay for that. (laughs) Stop, 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 stop. (laughs) But it was was pretty interesting. Yeah, it it doesn't have quite the... The fun of the first of uh, the Force Awakens first trailer when it came out, but that was because we had not seen a good Star Wars movie in, yeah. in so long, and now we have. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the it, it looked cool. I'm, I'm really interested in what seems to be their hint. I think they're hinting that they're going to be exploring the uh, the myth of the Jedi, the mythology of the Jedi, mm-hmm. a lot in this movie, which sounds fun because it's a new direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe less fantasizing about like someone being on the light side and someone being on the dark side, and the two of them have to strike a balance. And maybe the balance is that there is no defined roles, and there are just now force users and non-force users. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's a 
it's a giddy day for me yesterday. Yeah, yeah for it, sure. It was, al- it was also like maybe a textbook definition of teaser trailer. Yeah. I know people are going to scrutinize the shit out of that trailer, There's but... There's not that much to do. Like, yeah. it just shows her practicing some. Infer yeah. on some stuff. Yeah. But yeah. There was already some... You some... assume that's Hamill talking at the end, but I don't even know if that's like... I think it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it is, but... Yeah. And, and they, you know, there's some debate about whose helmet that is that's crushed. Some people put saying it's Vader and it's clearly Vader because it has the... It looks know, more like Kylo's. The Vader wheeze kind of in the background, but then it does look like more like Kylo's with the, like the metallic mouth guard instead think, of uh, jet black. I think it's irrelevant which one it is almost yeah. just because both would symbolize the same thing, which is Kylo growing up. Not focusing so much on being Vader, which yeah. is why he was wearing the mask, I think, in the last one. Yeah. And I think I think the key moment at the end of Force Awakens with Kylo and Han makes it, it's sort of his growing up moment. Yeah. He can do battle by himself. Yeah. There's a uh, theory I read online that was super interesting and probably bullshit, but it's, Star Wars is full of those and they're always fun. Yeah. But it uh, talked about how Kylo might be infiltrating. Oh, uh, I've heard that. Yeah, but the, this went into more of Luke's in on it and why Luke had to exile himself because he had to have that happen because the Jedi way couldn't get it done. Which, interesting. Which yeah. makes sense with this next movie. It's the only reason why I bring it up now because it was one of many theories when The Force Awakens came out. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what if Kylo is the last Jedi? Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Well, no, but the thing is that I don't think he can be. I think Luke is like, you You have to do this a certain way. Yeah. You have to have balance of the Force. You have to use the dark side and the, and the light. Yeah. When you struggle, it's hard to have balance. Right. Which is the plot of the whole fucking, you know, all seven movies. Yeah. The balance is really hard to obtain. I would limit myself on how much I can talk about Star Wars just because I have a tendency where I can talk about Star Wars for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just not, I'm just going to have to, I cut myself off after about 45 seconds or so <laughs> until yeah. it comes out. When that, when, when that comes out, eight months or whatever, there there's a chance there's a separate podcast where we'll do spoiler talks. Mm-hmm. Brent and I and whoever else wants to yeah. be in on that because me and Brent will have seen it. And David will have that morning. Out. I'm going to try to, as a 2017 goal, see The Force Awakens. It's on stars. I don't know if you... I don't have stars. I have stars. I do. I have stars, too. You want to come over and watch Force Awakens? Yeah. We cuddle. Let's say I'll watch it with you. Thanks, guys. It's more about Star Wars than you, but... (laughs) What what other... chance to watch the Star Wars movies. Have you seen the other Star Wars movies? You've seen the other six? I've seen... Yeah. Okay. Every other one. You see Rogue One? Okay. I Did you finally? Yes and no. I <laughs> fell asleep. Not no, no no fault of the movies. Yeah, yeah. But I need to watch it again. Mm. I know it's available on a streaming service that we have, so I just need to sit down and do it again. But I got yeah. you. Then in other trailer news, the trailer within the last week for Thor Ragnarok came out. Kind of the first full trailer. That was a surprising for this week. It looked fantastic. <laughs> looked great. Kate Blanchett looks awesome in it as like uh, the villain Hela. I think she's. Yeah, it's supposed to be hell. No, I think oh. she, she's supposed to be Hella. Oh, but I like that from the trailer. You don't see a ton. You see a couple people what they look like, but mm-hmm. really, you see the tone, which was the most important part for me. How they were going to fly it. You know, yeah. Taika Waititi being a comedy director. Yeah, and I just love this scene where he says, "I know this guy from work." Yeah, <laughs> at the end, it's him and Hulk. <laughs> yeah. If they can kind of keep it that interesting tone of kind of like a buddy cop. Cosmic movie, yeah. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, and this is also the, the first MCU where the Hulk's back, right? Well, he was in it's the first non-Avenger America, right? Oh, uh, I thought he was still on, on Exile Island in Civil <laughs> War. No, they had 
Civil Wars where they introduced the Iron Man's Hulkbuster That's right. suit. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get much more trailers as it's run up to yeah. big summer blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Goldblum. My, my boy Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Looking fancy. He's in Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's something that jumped out at me the last time I watched it. Jeff Goldblum's in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, another trailer that debuted was uh, Catherine Bigelow's Detroit Race Riots movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we know it's just called Detroit, and it looks uh, looks tense. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, John Boyega also uh, from the Star Wars trilogy is going to be starring in that. Yeah, and and isn't he also in Filth? And another thing about Filth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. Looks good. It does look good. It does look like it's going to be lots of people with <clears throat> guns to their heads having to make very emotional speeches, and it's going to be a movie about race relations in the seventies in Detroit. Like it's gonna, you're gonna walk away from that feeling real sucky. <laughs> yeah. Also, Catherine Bigelow has kind of gotten to the point where I, I'm willing for her to stress me out for two hours. That's, yes. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> we see the chiefs. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how I feel during the, her movies. Are just yeah, I, I feel very stressed and it was close to making a hurt locker joke. It's rewarding. It's couldn't quite get there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah, looks interesting. No, I'm looking forward to TJ's hurt locker joke. Whatever. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to hold on. Coming this fall, <laughs> TJ's hurt locker joke. <laughs> we're gonna get sued other than that just a quick hit uh, I heard that uh, Josh Brolin was officially gonna be cast as Cable in Deadpool 2 just interesting because he's also currently Thanos in a Marvel adjacent universe is he the second actor or actress to be two different Marvel characters in the past like 20 years I think there's but I'm not positive. Chris Evans is the only one that jumps in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Human Torch and then Captain America. Yeah. Um, I also might be thinking of characters who are in both. Right. Because I mean, actors who are different superheroes. Right. Or different. Yeah, characters. I can go from DC to Marvel, but not right. yeah. Marvel, Marvel to Marvel. Marvel. But yeah, in, you know, like execution dependent, him being Cable. We'll see. Does Ryan Reynolds count? No. Thinking of something else. He was. Just move on from me. Yeah. Is <laughs> Ryan Reynolds count? Well, yeah. He's a person. <laughs> we also have some, uh, in uh, just some new segments, of some big returning shows coming back. We've got The Leftovers, we kind of talked about. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. I'm very excited for that to be my new favorite thing currently on television. Kind of a, a and, gap for me right now. And by the time the podcast comes out, the first episode will have already aired yeah. of the third season. And we loved it, didn't we? Can you believe that that happened? Oh, oh man. The way they started the third season was also crazy. <laughs> yeah, there were three I things. Actually, <laughs> I actually have read a lot of re- critics' reviews of the, of the premiere, and they say that it's fucking insane. Of course it is. Yeah. Because yeah. this is going to be the last be. season, so... Yeah. And they, they said know that about the second season, season, though. I don't believe it. Oh, uh, well. They said that about the second season, and then when they announced the trailer... Stop, stop lying to Chris, HBO. <laughs> yeah, come on! <laughs> Well, I don't think HBO said last season was going to be the last one. It's just the, the showrunners thought it was. Yeah. Because they weren't getting the they, they really approval rates. Yeah. But yeah. this time, HBO has said, this is the final season. We're approving it for one last season. Whoa. <laughs> and then uh, 
Veep also coming back. It's just a fun comedy show. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they operate in the Trump world now. Yeah. Because everyone said, oh, Trump's come true. Like, yeah. even more farcical things are happening in real life. I heard yeah. that they actually cut a Golden Showers joke from the show because it hemmed too close to life. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if it's just going to be like a drama now. <laughs> well, somebody... Like a... Like a Art imitating life. They actually did a a cut of the end credits of Veep yeah, uh, with Sean Spicer's press conference. <laughs> nice. It's really amusing. But also, Handmaid's Tale is starting soon. Oh, yeah, the TV yeah. show. That, that my, my lady is super excited about. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it's really interesting. I read that book. I guess I got to get Hulu. <laughs> What's Hulu now? <laughs> you read a book. Gotta get Hulu. <laughs> That's it. It's a good book, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, also coming back, the thing I'm most excited about, I think, is Fargo. I need to watch season two still. Fargo's this week, right? Yeah. Season twos, man. The season two of Fargo. First season was great. Season twos. Season twos of Fargo's <laughs> was really good. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, uh, y'all like season two better than one, right? Yeah, I do. And one was great. <laughs> so. Yeah, and if you want to get your, your, your Kiri Kuhn on, <laughs> it's just going to be Leftovers and Fargo. She's got a leading role as the the new Marge Gunderson type female cop. Okay. After watching season two of The Leftovers, I'll just I will watch anything she's in. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. She's really good. She's the sister in Gone Girl. Yeah. And uh, I really liked her in that. Anyway. <laughs> and then besides that, uh, MST3K came back on uh, Netflix after about I don't know eighteen years. Yeah. It's been <laughs> yeah, a while. yeah. I want to watch. I want to watch a bunch of episodes from the first season, and I'll have something to say about it. Yep, I haven't got to watch yet. I think TJ, you've just watched part of an episode. Is that right? Or Brent? I've Chris. watched about half of that first okay. episode. Yeah, it, it's and it's funny. It's yeah. yeah, it's good. All right, so transitioning to our main topic, uh, we're doing associations. This is also from a uh, recommendation for a topic on Facebook. I believe it's from Alex. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alex. <laughs> He's a big content provider for us lately. He yeah. needs to get a producer credit. Yeah, yeah. If we were making any money, he would get a little bit of it. <laughs> but we aren't. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> and, and no, he wouldn't. Um, but talking about associations, about when you think of an actor, what do you associate with them? Actor or actress? Sometimes it's tied to the first thing you've seen them in, or maybe something that's kind of a dominating uh, thing in your mind, or something you've seen recently, just something that's indelible in your memory. Yeah, and the example Alex used is a great one, which is Idris Elba. Uh, for example, like, do you, what role do you think of when you think of Idris Elba? Is it? I think for most people who've seen a lot of his work, it would be Luther, The Wire, Luther, or The uh, Wire, The Wire, what? Stringer Bell, Stringer Bell. Thank you. Yeah. I kept wanting to call him Shooter McGavin. Idris Elba did not play Shooter McGavin, uh, but yeah. Or for uh, DJ, it's the. Two days he was manager at Dunder Mifflin. It's great. Right. So, yeah, this, uh, for, for Idris Elba, it's, it's tough. It's tough because Luther feels so in his element just because he's, he is British. Yeah. And he's playing a British guy in Luther. But still, Stringer Bell is, is just so iconic. Yeah. I picture player. him taking off his glasses and rubbing his temple and yeah. then, like being Stringer Bell. <laughs> Handing out phones, taking yeah. phones. <laughs> Going through Robert's Rules of Order <laughs> in his meetings. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think it's yeah it's interesting when you have actors who... It, I don't think it's the case for every actor because when I see Tom Cruise in a movie, I just see Tom Cruise. I don't see like... Mm. Whereas with Idris Elba, every time he comes up, there's a part of me that, that sees like, Stringer Bell, it's Stringer Bell on, on, mm-hmm. on screen. Whereas Tom Cruise, it's, it's I don't see Pete Mitchell. It's kind of beyond Maverick. That. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
first name basis and last name basis <laughs> and nickname Sorry, basis. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't I don't see a Tom Cruise character when Tom Cruise is on screen. So I don't think you can do it for every actor, but I think there are some who are instantly just that make you think of of specific roles. Yep. So to do this, we were going to kind of go around and talk about some actors and actresses and talk about what we associate them with. And everybody prepared ahead of, the, ahead of time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Trying to remember my list. Yeah. We we were going to pick an actor and an actress, I think, and then we'll if, if that flies by, we might pull up some kind of rando list. And yep. Rorschach and. And I listed like a whole bunch of people. Just they just kept coming into my mind. Really? About, You've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I was going to throw out uh, Catherine O'Hara. Best of show for me. I was almost going to say, is it is it the mom from Home Alone, or is it uh, just any of those movies? Really weird. First thing was Beetlejuice. Yeah, and that's that her being. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Just because she's, I don't know, maybe it's, it's an interesting style. She's very unique. That whole movie's unique. Yeah, I think for me, even though I think I enjoy her more in the Christopher Guest movies, I still think of her saying Kevin. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that I didn't think about that at first. Is, but see, yeah, it's weird. It's why this game is fun. <laughs> She's the main character in Best in Show, which might be her only like lead role. Yeah. Well, if I were gonna pick a, a Christopher Guest movie, I would pick A Mighty Wind for her, just because mm-hmm. of how sweet their story is. But like, yeah, true. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. A picture of her walking at the end of Best in Show and her knees all messed up. <laughs> that, you all remember that? No. Great physical comedy. How about you, Chris? Any association? I, I didn't immediately think of who that was, so yeah. it kind of failed on me. Uh, that's actually, that's good, though. Like, if you looked up a picture of her on Google... I would, I would know her face, and I'd be able to say, like, oh, yeah, she's the person in this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. But just her name alone, it's like, eh. Didn't have, didn't have the star power for me to really pull something. Nice. TJ, you did yes. one. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Dang. Even though I didn't really watch it, but Capote. Even though my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably Doubt. But just the way that he so perfectly did that role, down to the accent, like mm-hmm. a putty. I don't think of, I don't think of a role looming large over his career for, the, uh, for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, first thing I thought of is, is Boogie Nights. I did too. Really good Boogie Nights. I, I think of him with long hair. Yeah, when I just picture oh, him, Lester Bangs actually maybe is or not Lester Bangs. Who's he play? Yeah, he plays Lester Bangs. In, yeah, yeah, in Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that is sort of him at his best, of just, like, dominating a scene and not being in all the movie. Mm. First thing that pops in my mind is uh, his villain, which is really good at Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Mm. He's so good in that. I don't know why that pops out, but... Really whole, ele- elevates that movie. Yeah. The scene at the end and the little, like, dock and yeah. Thailand, mm-hmm. Thailand or wherever they are is really good, and he's so good in it. The villain doesn't really shout for the most of the movie. Just like, matter of fact, I'm going to kill your wife. Right. Um, I've got someone who is man of many roles. Uh, Gary Oldman. Air Force One. Interesting. I think of him as Commissioner Gordon at this point. Really? Yeah. With with the mustache and glasses. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I can, I, I would probably go Sirius Black. See, mm-hmm. I, I would, he would be the bottom of my list on that because I don't recognize that as Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, See, my, well, I mean, you know what I'm saying though yeah, like, I, well, I, just, I don't, don't think of that as Gary Oldman sure and I'm Fifth Element I see him yeah. as no, Fifth nice. Element can He's, I actually pick the Russian character from Call of Duty <laughs> <laughs> no oh. <laughs> I do think that Sirius Black might be one of his most iconic roles definitely his most popular role but it just doesn't what most people would know him yeah, yeah I just don't I don't know that Harry Potter verse doesn't 
do that as much with me. Like, I don't think of that being Maggie Grace for some reason. I think of it being Mrs. McGonagall. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know why. Maggie Smith. Yeah, not Maggie Grace. <laughs> From The Fog. <laughs> and Lost. <laughs> yeah. And Taken. That's her whole filmography, I think. All right. I'll keep it going yeah. and go with the actress this time. Uh, what about Scarlett Johansson? Her. Lost in translation. You don't even see her. Uh, I'm lost in translation also. Yeah, me too. I always see a little bit of that movie. Way too long ago. I need to to watch it again. Lost in translation. Yeah. That's one of those, like every movie she makes now. uh, I'm always seemingly reminded of Lost in translation just when I see her. I think her voice is her most memorable quality, maybe. That's Mm -hmm. why I land on her. There's a very odd voice for such a beautiful, like, bombshell actress. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very husky. Yeah. Her voice. <laughs> you, got, you got another one, Brent? It's extremely thin. Uh, Stanley Tucci? I think it's the first one that popped in my head. If I'm doing it, honestly, it's the Hunger Games. Yeah, me too. Caesar Flickerman. Yeah. I, I joked on our group chat, the, uh, the rapist from The Lovely Bones, but that's not the first thing. <laughs> For me, it was Devil Wears Prada. Ah. He's so... Sweet, yeah, in that movie. So for me, this one's great. By the way, yeah, really good. It's definitely affected by your experiences and like when you saw something, when you became aware of an actor. Because uh, for me, it's a movie called Undercover Blues, I believe. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? From about 1991, 1992, he plays a uh, hired killer named Muerte. (laughs) Oh man! And uh, it's a it's a comedy with Dennis Quaid, Kathleen Turner, and a baby. And you didn't dream this. It's set in New Orleans. And uh, I just remember... Uh, Is this the movie with Anna Nicole Smith and the no, guy from Dead Poets? No, no, no. <laughs> but that got figured out. Though. Yeah, no, yeah. that's... that's... Um, but, yeah. Anna Nicole Smith equals Erica Elaniac. Uh, the guy from Dead Poets Society? Who the fuck knows? Equals not that guy. Um... But no, it's, yeah, it's, he just has this line throughout the movie, he keeps saying, my name is Muerte, as he's trying to be imposing, and Dennis Quaid keeps going, your name's Morty? It's like, Muerte. It's like, Mort? And that just has never left my brain on, on and he's such a great character actor, he's in so many movies. Yeah. I, I still think of, homework. I still think of him from this 1992, this very charming little New Orleans comedy. Uh, what about Natalie Portman? Leon. First thing that probably had Leon the Professional. You are taking too much time here. Attack of the I have an image in my head. I'm just trying to figure out what movie it's from. Hotel Chevalier. It's her It's her bad acting in Attack of the Clones, unfortunately. Yeah. She's a great actress, and mm-hmm. I still just think I associate her with Amidala. Yeah, I do too. Padme. Sadly. Weirdly, it may be her with the, the pink wig and Closer. Where she's Closer's, a stripper. <laughs> Closer's a uh, one-watch movie. Yeah. It's hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. DJ, do you have an answer to it? It was Padme. Okay, I just, she's so such a great Wouldn't. actress. That's so awful in those movies. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Harrison Ford, Han Solo? Maybe Indiana Jones. It's it's, 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 it's got to be one other. other. Are you Air Force One? Not Air Force. One. The guy, Air Force the one? Yeah. detective from Air Force One. I think it's him playing. Uh, what's his name? For me, it's, I went older than than either one of those. Yeah. Old Harrison Ford is what popped into my head. It's him from Patriot Games and every other Clancy adaptation. Weird. Movie. Uh, for me, it's it came down to is it Han Solo or Indiana Jones, and like which yeah. one? And I think I think it's Indiana Jones. I think I see when I when I see Harrison Ford, I think that's Indiana Jones. I don't think of him as just that's Han Solo. See, yeah, I think it's so great with Harrison Ford to do this because if you think of anybody making a sci-fi or adventure movie, they are going to cast somebody who is like Harrison Ford yeah. and his True. performances in either of those movies, right? 
Um, but I, I think it's fine with him also because I think if you ask that question uh, before any of the prequels came out, I think a lot of us would say The Fugitive. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Because that was a wildly parodied scene in the uh, you know the storm drain yeah. going over the dam. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> Was that the? I don't care. Well, that's the one armed man, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always it gets scared that that's uh, Sawshank, and I'm like, wait, I've seen Sawshank twenty times. Yeah. All right, Chris, got anybody else? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oof. Dazed and confused. I'd probably like, if I'm being honest, like his rom com stuff. Probably like a failure, failure to launch. launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is yeah. Uh, I would just feel bad if he can't get away from that. Actually, that's just how I picture him. I was, I was when I, I'm calling right. him up. I was trying to get someone to transition to TV with me. I think of Russ Cole. Yeah, I was about to say True Detective. Yeah. Again, I again, want to think about True Detective. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. I'm just gonna say for for me, he's too big for for this game. For me, really? Like, okay. Like I think of, I see in everything he'll ever do, I will see Matthew McConaughey. And he always kind of looks the same too. And not yeah. another character. True. See, I, I, I actually, if, if you ask me to not think about just scripted media for not advertising purposes, right now, I might say Lincoln commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not a role. That's kind of against the spirit of this game. I'm yeah. trying to pick people who are in TV shows to see right. if we still associate them with their TV role or their movie role. Oh, like Steve Carell is definitely Michael Scott for me. And not any movies. Yes. For me, it may be 40-year-old virgin. Ricky Gervais. For me, he'd also be David Brent from The Office. That's hard. Ricky Gervais is such a such a loud personality outside of his roles. I feel like he's roles. always Ricky Gervais. His, yeah. I think his roles tone down his personality. Honestly, the first uh, movie I think of when you say that, the first movie I think of, and that's probably before David Brent, is a movie called Ghost Town. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. I was picturing him in his dentist jacket. Yeah. I was thinking about the invention of lying when we did the uh, rotten movies that uh, we liked. Smooth, good. Yeah. It does interesting stuff. Well, I got one to test the is the person too big or maybe too weird? Uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I say it, The Rock. Uh, the Stanley Goodspeed. The Rock is the first thing that I thought of as well. It was a national treasure for me. I picture him with, uh, I don't know, just flash the image of him with long hair in the movie. Uh, Con Air. Yeah, maybe Con Air. Put the bunny down. I was thinking more of this next. That's yeah. the movie I was thinking of. Uh, next has the dumbest plot conceit in any movie. He can, at certain times, see five minutes into the future. Yeah. He can, he can always see five minutes into the future. Okay, yeah. And then, if he tries real hard, he can see way into the future. Spoiler. Yep. Which that's, is That's the movie. Which, for the purposes of the movie, is like 20 minutes. It'd be fun near the end of the movie if he just like closed his eyes and thought real hard and they just showed credits. <laughs> close his eyes, thought, <laughs> thought, see the end of the movie. <laughs> close your hearts, close his eyes, thought real hard, and then five actual minutes on screen pass. He opens his eyes and he's like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know who the gaffer is. <laughs> I watched that movie um, out of almost anger because I'd finished Michael Crichton's last book uh, before he... Last book he wrote that was only written by him, uh, mm-hmm. was completely finished by him. It was called Next, mm-hmm. and it yeah. was about like animal evolution stuff. It was a real fun read, and then I saw that movie was coming out. And I was like, "Shit, yes!" <laughs> I'm so excited. It's a fucking dumb Nicolas Cage, Jessica Biel, not time traveling, but they can kind of time travel movie. Fucking stupid <laughs> shit. The movie's horrible. <laughs> I've got one for uh, HBO viewers. Aiden Gillen plays uh, both Tommy Carcetti. Yeah. On the wire oh, yeah. and Littlefinger. Littlefinger on Game of Thrones, and he is, I think, uh, Alex's suggestion may have come from a conversation he and I have had before about 
specifically Aiden Aiden uh, Gillen. Mm. But I think I think without knowing, I, I'm bad with actor names, and watching Game of Thrones, I always referred to him as Carcetti. Mm. I've yeah. seen I've seen re seen uh, The Wire so many more times than Game of Thrones, but I think Littlefinger. I'm thinking about him. He's also the father in Sing Street. Is that what you think of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I lean Littlefinger, but I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's Littlefinger. Well, <laughs> right, you haven't seen The Wire. Yep. Yeah. How about, what do you guys think about weirdo chameleon Tom Hardy? What do you picture him as? Tom Hardy. Mad Max. What do you associate him with? Uh, yeah. The fighter in that fight movie. Warrior? <laughs> Is it Warrior? It's got a dumb name. Never back down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Red Bell. Warrior. It's where he fights his brother. I think of uh, Inception. Because he's just he's so charming in that. And yeah. I think it's the first big thing I've seen him in. I was thinking for a second, would it be Bronson? But I think he disappears. I and that's so character. completely different. I haven't seen Bronson. Bronson's next on my list of movies that I need to see. Yeah, Bronson's very interesting. And also Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mad Max. It's Mad Max for me because that was the first movie where I was like, okay, I think I could finally... Pick Tom Hardy out of a lineup. <laughs> like before that, it was just like he's a guy. He's a good-looking dude. Yeah. He's just a dude. If I bumped into him at Kroger. I don't think I would know. Yeah, you'd know. While <laughs> <laughs> well, like while he's filming Bronson, <laughs> punch you. That's a monster. Why does he have a shirt on? <laughs> That's a weird mustache. Um, he I'm likes gonna... Triscuits too. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in with one that jumped out at me. Uh, Liam Neeson. Qui-Gon Jinn. It's, it's, it's taken so out. taken yeah. now. I taken, thought, taken is taken over all, <laughs> all that. Yeah, I thought... I, and, like, all the movies since Taken have seemed like Taken... Taken on a plane? Rip-offs, yeah. Taken on a plane. Taken... Taken by wolves. Where is the... <laughs> taken by wolves. And, like, all the little... They almost seem like straight-to-DVD stuff, but I think mm-hmm. they make a lot of money. They yeah. all remind me of Taken. Taken on a plane was good. Whatever that was called. Nonstop, I think. Hmm. It was fun. Is that when someone just you flew somewhere? Yeah, he was taken on a plane <laughs> to to another city, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> just on a plane. I love being taken him, on a plane. It's him on a plane watching Taken <laughs> eating peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just found there's. I'm looking at at a list because I didn't prepare, mm-hmm. but two names and I'm just so juvenile. I'm laughing at the name Michael Papa John <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and Lynn Bing Bing. Michael Bobajon reminds me of uh, Ethan Embry's fake name in Vegas Vacation. Do you remember uh, Papa that? Nick Papa Nick, Giorgio. Nick Papa Giorgio. <laughs> best, best known acting roles for Michael Papa John are Peyton Manning the in-gen contractor from Jurassic World, Cal from Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, Carjacker from Spider-Man 3, Carjacker from Spider-Man. <laughs> I like that it's in that order. <laughs> well, he has, he has a flashback to the Carjacker in yeah. 3, right? It's it's just funny because this is the way that this is computed is highest grossing films, what actors have been in uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And Michael Papajohn was the first one who I think is just like, at this point, relegated to extra status, who's in... Lots of very high-grossing movies. Spider- Spider-Man and Dress Spider-Man. <laughs> Transformers. Terminator Salvation. Hmm. He makes better movies than you'd think. Because of the better ingredients. Shut up. <laughs> fucking idiot. God, I hate you. <laughs> well, I got another actress. <laughs> <laughs> Brent seems delighted by that. What about uh, Kirsten Dunst? Virgin Suicides? The first thing that pops in my head. Casper. 
She's not in Casper. Melancholia? This is the first time it your head. It happened one night. <laughs> the original King Kong. <laughs> I think I go Marie Antoinette. Uh, that's, that's a good one. It's Melancholia for me. Yeah. Because now I feel like I just see the sadness in every... In her face in every movie. You watched Lars Von Trier movie. Because I watched one Lars Von Trier movie. I got one. Mm -hmm. John C. Rowley? Walk Hard. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. uh, I've never a big fan of Step Brothers. Love Step Brothers. Brothers. Long long enough timeline, I probably would have just said Dr. Steve Rule just to feel cool. Mm -hmm. But mine's uh, Cole, I think is his name, from Talladega Nights. Mm Mm-hmm. Really so good. Uh, also, somebody who my answer would be Step Brothers for uh, Richard Jenkins, hmm. the dad from Step Brothers. Yeah, he's also in. He's also the ghost from uh, that HBO show. Uh, he's the dad. Six feet under. Six ghost feet dad. Under. Love that show. Ghost dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think of. Uh, I, I think know. of a movie I haven't seen when I think of Richard Jenkins. I think of The Visitor. I, yeah, I've. It's over there. He's also in... Uh, hey, would you take it? <laughs> he's also in Kong Skull Island. Hmm. Another movie he's in with uh, John C. Cool. Have you seen The Visitor? Is it good? Yeah, I don't know. It is good. I got it from Blockbuster. seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it a lot. Okay. It's, he's amazing in it. Nice. Well, you else got anything? Uh, I had one, and it, I felt good about it, but then I lost it. This is a list of 100 what about, names. What about Jude Law? Man, weird. I think the first thing that popped in my head was Lemony Snicket. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, the first thing that popped in my head was AI. Mine was Road to Perdition. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's good. Mine's Perdition. probably a talented Mr. Ripley. It's first like, this guy's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. See, and also for <laughs> me, this is, an ex- this is an exercise of like, do you remember who they are? Do you remember movies they've been in? What's the first one? And then that's what I wind up with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of a Rorschach test of actors. What about Ryan Reynolds? Deadpool. Deadpool now, I think. Before it would have been The Proposal. <laughs> Two guys see, you don't really place. see a lot of them in Deadpool. I think I still think Ben Wilder. Yeah, nice. Just because saw that a bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the first time I ever Wolverine Origins. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than Deadpool. Yep. Whoopi Goldberg. Ghost. Ghost. In the show. Sister Act. <laughs> <laughs> the View. <laughs> they got good ghost as well. Yeah. Ghost in the shell. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Ghost in the half shell, turtle ballad. <laughs> what about Steve? Uh, what, about, it. <laughs> what about Steve Buscemi? Oof, Steve Fargo, Buscemi mustache. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a reservoir for me, uh, and it is, I've watched Reservoir recently, so maybe that's why. Huh. But after watch rewatching it, like until they go into the Mister Orange preparing for the mm-hmm. mission backstory, Mister Pink's the main character in that movie. Yeah. He's got the most dialogue. Right. I think I'm going season four of The Sopranos. Really? Cousin Tony. I'm surprised nobody said Boardwalk Empire and Nucky Thompson. Never seen it. I haven't watched it, so. That's <laughs> why. Um, and then I found the one, so I'm going to double, I'm going to go twice. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Whiplash now. It is Whiplash now. Spider-Man. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. It's just like... I like Whiplash more, but it's yeah. Spider-Man. I cannot or Farmer's Insurance. See, I didn't know... I didn't know... I don't know if I could have told you his name when I was watching this last time I saw Spider-Man okay. movies. That's the problem. Like, I saw Whiplash, and I knew that was J.K. Simmons. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, better-than-perfect casting jobs that they got. He it's looks like Patrick Stewart yeah, for Professor comics, X. Right. Yeah. From the comic book, he looks exactly From the comic like book, from J. the cartoon, from every incarnation of Spider-Man, 
like J.K. Simmons with a mustache is J. Jonah Jameson. Well, I've gone Juno. I was about to say after yeah after uh, Whiplash though. Juno's mm-hmm. dad. I just don't think of the dad when I think of Juno. I think of Juno. It's just hard with J.K. and the the Bateman Garner thing. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 hard because I feel like J.K. Simmons has this long career of being in good movies when I never knew his name really. Yeah. It's like filling in movies I like pretty much that are pre-Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Right. What about Martin Sheen? It's President Bartlett. Bartlett. Yeah. Yeah. Bartlett. yeah, I've never seen The West Wing. And if you, what would you get then? Spartacus? Spartacus. Is he Spartacus? No, it's Tony, it's Tony Curtis. No. What am I thinking of? Spartacus is Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Wrong dad in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking of? Martin Sheen. You mean ghost dad? <laughs> I don't want to say seeking a friend for the end of the world. But no, you, you don't. just said it. The Departed? If it's not that, Departed. maybe it's Apocalypse. Yeah. It may be Departed. You don't get to choose. I just see this big fucking head. <laughs> I see him this later day thing. It's the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Because it's the first thing that enters your it's mind. It's probably seeking your friend for the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, next, next week your answer could be different. He's, he's not that important to me as an actor, sadly. Mine is... Uh, never experienced West Wing. That movie that Emilio directed. <laughs> that I've never seen. I think of that quick. Mm. Where he's doing the like crazy walk across Europe oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for Emilio, I think of Mission Impossible first. Emilio? Oh, weird. Mighty Ducks. Mighty? Yeah, mine's, mine's Mighty Ducks. But that's an interesting yeah. pull. It's a weird role for him at the time, Mission Impossible was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He died so early. He gets crushed um, by the elevator, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's also not even in ads like it was yeah. unexpected. He's I remember almost that, uncredited. I remember that scene stuck with me as a kid for way longer than it probably should have. Yeah. Just him getting crushed by the elevator. Yeah. yeah. Why was he I think here? before that, I hadn't even thought about <laughs> elevators that much. <laughs> You're just like, magic box top, yay! Mission yeah. Impossible really makes you think about elevators. <laughs> and cords. Cords can hold you and you can do yeah. fly things. <laughs> uh, anyone want to put out another name? What about uh, Cameron Diaz? Something about Mary. Something yep. about Mary. I think so, too. It's something about Mary for me. Man, after maybe her, the mask. I don't even know. Yeah, maybe the mask. I don't know. Or I'm Charlie's Angels. thinking of like, anything else. She's in Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. Sex thing. tape? Sex tape wasn't... As bad as I thought it was going to be when I watched it, but mm-hmm. she's still just somebody I'm not a fan of. I'm just not a fan of her work either. What's Seth Rogen? For me, it's uh, knocked, knocked up. Uh, uh, knocked awesome. up's like <laughs> ten favorite movies of that decade, probably for me. I'm yeah. just in love with that movie. So that's easy. Yeah. But uh, is this person too big, Julia Roberts? It's Aaron Brockovich, Pretty Woman, for me. I thought she was one of mine that I jotted down. I think of Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, I think of older Julia Roberts. I don't know why. Like, there's big hair, Julia Roberts, which is, like, earlier. They're going to say big something else. Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> big, big brain. Big rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like with Julia Roberts, you get, like, when you... Pretty Woman, she has the, like, big hair. But you get all those other, like, Runaway Bride, Notting Hill, where she looks the same. Like, you can show me a screenshot from one of those movies, and I don't know if I can tell you which movie it was from. Hmm. It was all those romantic comedies she was in. Sure. In the mid nineties, Aaron Brockovich is the one that stands out to me after Pretty Woman, probably. Here, here, here's a fun one: Christopher Lee, Saruman. Yeah, for sure. I thought of Dooku first. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Brand thinks of Dookie. <laughs> Dooku. Your head out of the toilet, Blackwell. He's he's one of those actors that I that I'm really Sorry, fascinated man. by, like like Hugo Weaving, yeah. where you've had you've been a part of so many. 
gigantic franchises yeah. that you've basically refused to be typecast. You're not Agent Smith. You're also the voice of this Transformer. You're also Elrond from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of people can't do that, where they jump from one trilogy to another trilogy to another trilogy. Yeah. But Christopher Lee and Hugo Weaving always stick out as, and Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. they always stick out as like, Jesus, you guys are really hitting those high-budget movies really well. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, and Gary Oldman even too, not that he goes from trilogy to trilogy, but he's, he's always in something interesting. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to how, how well they can act and just be like, all right, I'm taking off my Agent Smith clothes. I'm putting on my Elrond clothes. That's what I would do every day when I got home. <laughs> Take off my suit, put on my elf costume. <laughs> Just a glimpse into TJ's home life. <laughs> what about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's Sherlock. Really Sherlock. What about Matt Damon? Sherlock. Team born. America? <laughs> <laughs> Not even in it. Is it born? Uh, it's The Martian for me now, probably. Just because that was... The only Oscar-nominated movie I've ever seen multiple times before the Oscars. I watched it four or five times. Just like put it on while I was cleaning the house. Yep. It's super entertaining. Yep. Goodwill hunting for me. Yeah, I'd probably go born though. Yeah, I watched all those movies when I back went out a couple of years ago. Finally, like sat down and watched all three of them at the time. I guess mm-hmm. and they're really good. Just like perfect action movies. Mm-hmm. What about Parker Posey? <laughs> Smaller. I, no impact on my life. You've got mail. Not Superman Returns for you? I mean, just because I just talked about her being in it, but what was her character's name? I think of her from Dazed and Confused. She's like, uh-huh, maybe in the, like, the first scene where calling the freshman maggots and stuff. It's Christopher Guest for me. I mean, it's just, those movies. Sure. Where she always plays the same character, which is kind of the like... Right. That's not that's not entirely true. It's probably Best in Show. Hmm. She's so fucking annoying in Best in Show. The busy Bee? Yeah. She's got braces in that movie too. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock. I think of The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. The Dude, rock. Yeah, right. like, is Parker Posey in The Rock? Yeah. Uh, the Rock. I think of Moana now. First thing pops in my head. It was just... I just... I mean, yeah. He's too... He's I think too of big. him as a wrestler. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. It's okay. Maybe if you said Dwayne Johnson. Give the man some respect on his Yours is walking tall, right? <laughs> I mean, it was last week. I think with the impending release of Fate of the Furious. Actually, it came out last night! And we all saw it. Uh, what about Robin Williams? Oof, good one. It's it's good morning good. for me. I, I like that bearded, long hair hippie Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam. That's the first thing I, I thought. I think of Dead Poets, I guess. I, fig- I pictured him in a suit with a tie. I'm just glad no one said Patch yep. Adams. I'm just glad nobody said Popeye. Flubber. No flubbers. I am what I am. What about Kevin Spacey? Ooh. Is it House of Ka- Cards yet? Kaiser says it. House of Cards now, sadly. It's American, American Beauty. Beauty. American Beauty Suspects. Uh, the usual suspects, he has that character so like easy to look at and define. It's yeah. not that for me, I don't think. I don't picture him with a ganked up arm, you know what I mean? No, I, I picture him walking down the sidewalk with no limp. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I picture him very healthy. I said Kaiser Soze, not Verbal Kent. Getting into a car with <laughs> Pete Postlethwaite. <laughs> what about Maggie Gyllenhaal? Secretary. Shit. <laughs> Donnie Darko, probably. Yeah, me too. That's I like her as an actress and stuff, but first thing I've really seen Is she not an actress in Donnie Darko? Not, not anymore. Okay. <laughs> it was removed from her IMDb. I like her as an actress, but I like her better than Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like her recent work, too. Yeah. I think she's good. TJ Miller. 
Cloverfield Yogi Bear 3D podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doug loves movies. I only think of Yogi Silicon, Bear. I guess Silicon Valley if it's not Silicon podcast. Valley. I only think of Yogi Bear 3Ds because recently uh, doing the YouTube nonsense. Every time he's interviewed, he insists that he also be introduced. As T.J. Miller, star of Yogi Bear 3D. <laughs> I don't know if that's a recent thing or last year, but uh, it was also on Crashing, mm-hmm. uh, where he forced the, the stand-up guy, the open mic night guy, to introduce him as T.J. Miller, also star of Yogi Bear 3D. Hmm. Ooh, I won. Chris Pratt. Took out Andy. Down. Parks. It's Andy for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Andy. Maybe but, I saw a picture, and he's like, like cut dude. Maybe I say Star-Lord, but just... Picturing out of the blue. I feel like it's almost, if you've watched the TV show, it's almost always going to be a, a TV show because you have so many more hours with that character. Yeah. Like, we only have, we only have two hours with him as Star-Lord, but we have 70, 90 hours with him <laughs> as... It'd be weird if his character in Parks and Rec was just Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Totally different, totally different dynamic in that show. Yeah. It's, I, I mean... Picture him singing the little Sebastian song. So, so, little Sebastian. Um, he I walked think ten thousand I wonder. <laughs> can't pay for that either. I wonder if that's true for people starting in TV going to movies, and not for people starting movies and going to TV. But we will have to have seen the TV. Like if, we, if I say Denzel Washington, no. Well, <laughs> to watch TV, you generally have to be able to see the TV. Well, it's not in general. Like if I say Denzel Washington, no one's saying seen elsewhere. Because none of us have really seen that show, but you've had more exp- more hours of him in that show right. than anything. And I guess George Clooney right. as well. Yeah, you'd say Batman. Yeah, <laughs> clearly we all say it in unison. <laughs> One, two, three. Batman. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like I always end these podcasts with like thought experiments that just like <laughs> drift off into the ether, and then I wake up the next morning like a hangover. Just forgetting everything. <laughs> no, I, I, I will it's actually wake up with a part where we all where we reach the same point as a listener. We all want the podcast to end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where we get gold. I think we're there. Okay, we'll go ahead and end it then. But yeah, in the spirit, of, in the spirit uh, of filth, our homework from the week, we got off track and uh, just wanted everybody to wanted it to end. <laughs> that was fun though. Nice. It was a fun uh, thought experiment. In can, summation, can you try to get Bye Bye Sebastian for the outro music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. please. It, in summation, lots of actors and actresses play more than one role. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I think uh, we'll wrap that up and uh, do the homework assignment. I believe it's TJ this week who's assigning it. Yeah, so I was going to pick that other like classic movie, and I was planning on doing that. Um, I had the idea right after I signed the Big Bird documentary, but we watched Third Man, so I'm going to wait four weeks before we do that. I think. Um, so I'm going to assign this movie that I saw once, but I don't remember anything about it, except that I kind of enjoyed it. So I'm going to watch it again. It's called, uh, Monsters. It's the indie science fiction horror film. Hmm. Hmm. Is it about aliens? Yeah. So the, the premise is this guy has to walk back his boss's daughter through the infected zone where these like tentacled monsters live that there's a probe that landed and these monsters all got out. So they just kind of live on earth now and it's that, that's what's going on. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Looking forward to it. It's on Netflix. Who directed it? Somebody I know, right? Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Yeah, he directed, Ro- he directed Rogue One, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's not his first movie, but it's his first movie. No. <laughs> it is his first movie. He directed a documentary, docudrama thing before that end day. But. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting watching that. And it's got my boy Scoot in it. Scoot McNary. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really enjoy, I don't think a lot of people watch it, but Halt and Catch Fire on AMC, about mm. like the 80s computer stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's really good in that. I like him also as hotel receptionist in season two of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> <laughs> that iconic role. <laughs> the iconic role. Everybody, um, everybody knows that. Yeah. So anyway, this was Talkie Talk, and it is uh, our last podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast for the Media by Us. Please visit the, visit the site and see our stuff. Uh, connect with us on Twitter at the Media by Us. Email us via the Media by Us at gmail.com or our Facebook groups: Movies by Us, TV by Us, and Games by Us. We'd love to hear from you for any podcast topics. <laughs> um, and please subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app. Please give us a five-star rating or a maximum to uh, help us uh, get through the day. And also to keep us doing this every week. Uh, we would definitely appreciate that. I want to say thanks again to the Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. And thanks again to Andy from Mouse Rat for the, <laughs> for the outro. I appreciate that. And uh, that does it for this week's uh, Talkie Talk. We'll probably do it again. Pro- Probs. This, so, this is the penultimate episode. <laughs> so thanks to myself. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> We're all nodding. All non-verbal nods. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Uh, <laughs> bye. 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 Podcast over. <laughs>